0: Well, praise God. Good morning, everybody. Good uh, week after Christmas. Is anybody uh, anybody in here did not get everything that you asked for? My kids didn't, but we tried. We tried really hard. How many of you have uh, you have kids with really long Christmas lists, and you're like, I don't think we're getting a horse this year, darling. I just don't. Uh, a little more goes into that than I think you're aware of. Um, so let's read our scripture this morning. We're going to get right into it. If we can, uh, we're going to do lights out the entire service. Remember that? Thanks. All right, so Philippians 3, starting in verse 13, it says this. It says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Everybody say this, say forgetting. How many of you want to forget some things? Alright, everybody say straining toward. Did you know there's a straining that has to happen? That's exertion. Do you know what that is? <laughs> some of us don't. But uh, that means we're, we're trying, we are pushing, we are straining against a weight, against a force that we're pushing into what is ahead of us. It says, all of us then, I'm not too loud. I may be a little bit too loud. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Other versions there say... Um, uh, God will convince you of it. God will convince you that I'm right, is basically. All right, so I've got some pictures here of some t-shirts. <clears throat> some t-shirts that we we saw in 2020. There's a lot of t-shirts. Have y'all seen that? There's a lot of 2020 t-shirts. This is one of um, <clears> them. <throat> I thought that was pretty clever, you know, instead of an anvil. Uh, okay, and what's the next one? Remember that? It was like uh, Airbnb or, or, you know, like ratings, you know. Very bad. Wouldn't I recommend? <clears throat> I'm like 2020 done. Some of the senior, uh, senior class t-shirts were really depressing. <clears throat> 2020, like a normal year, only way worser. And uh, 2020, the dumpster fire, that's my favorite. The, the last one here is, in fact, the one that uh, I, I appreciate the most uh, from 2020. This was Kanye for president. That was like, wasn't that off the wall? It's like, what? Kanye's running for president? But uh, it was a wild year, okay. But uh, so, uh, a lot of things happened during 2020 that um, uh, that really got us wondering what's going on in the world. The only sport that was available for a while, the only sport that was on TV, was UFC. <laughs> UFC refused to quit. They're like, we don't care about coronavirus, you know. We'll just keep fighting. Uh, And I don't watch UFC, man. I I, blood sport. I can't do that, man. I can't watch people beating each other's brains out. I get, I go over some people's house, you know, and they got UFC on. I'm like, oh man, you know, I just can't even. I can't stand it. But anyway, but I'm a pansy. I'm in high school, you man. I, I would have never, I would have never gotten in a fight. I didn't want to get hit. I always wanted to hit somebody, but I didn't want to get hit back. And so I never got in. So um, Disney shut down. Man, that was crazy. They stopped making movies. Um, parades were canceled. Marathons. All of those big things that have been every year were canceled. Weddings and funerals kept happening, but nobody went. Nobody could attend. Of course, funerals kept happening, you know. And uh, weddings, people weren't going to wait. So <laughs> people were getting married. People were dying, but nobody was going to the weddings and the funerals. We went to church in our living room. That was weird. We went to church in the front seat of our car. Even weirder. Um, the uh, A lot of us were working from home. We had to go home. We had to homeschool our kids and work from home at the same time. It was just a crazy year. Um, all of the things that we depended on, everything, all the things that we leaned on, actually the framework of our life got messed up. The things that we framed our reality by kind of dissolved for a while, and we, we really didn't know what to do with ourselves for a long time. If your heart is set on living a normal life, 2020 was not your year, I'm telling you what. Um, but it was prophesied early on that 2020 was going to be a reset year. Do y'all remember that? Uh, to reset something, you know, you got to shut it down, and that's what happened. Everything shut down, but there was a reset that happened that God knew about, and so it had been prophesied about it. And things that framed our reality shut down. A lot of us, we frame our world, as as sad as it sounds, a lot of us frame our world by you know NFL football, or frame our world by this or that. We frame our world by getting the kids to school and us going to work and having that time at work to, to be productive, having the kids away for a while, and then all of a sudden we're crammed in the same house. The entire framework of our reality was shut down, was interrupted. Can I tell you something? That God in 2020 has invited you into a new framework. This past year, what God has been doing in this re- spiritual reset is God has been inviting you into a new framework now I mentioned that you know we were at home working and the kids were at home too you know for a long time we depended on that time away from our family didn't we we depended on that time that eight hours that we would go away and we would just be us and just do us you know and then the kids would go away they'd do them whatever that is you know and then we would see them again in the evening eat dinner and everything and watch TV and go to bed I mean that was the framework of our life and God God says that's not good enough anymore. Because in the last days, I'm going to draw the hearts of the father to the children. I'm going to draw the children of the hearts to the father. So y'all just going to be together for a while. And man, I tell you what, just like anything else, when you when you first get thrown headlong into something like this, it's chaos. And until you find the order, until you find it, and I'm telling you what, if we go back to work, if the kids go back to school, we know all of that stuff. We're going to miss this time. We're going to miss the time that we had with our kids. Because God is creating a new framework for not just the church. He's given everybody an opportunity. It wasn't just the church that went through 2020. Everybody went through 2020. God has given everybody a chance to reframe their life. So, um, we know that God is not the author of confusion. God was not the author of the confusion in 2020. But a lot of us, we, we read that scripture that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and called according to his purpose. And we put the emphasis on all things work together. In other words, what we say is, here's how God works. The devil tries to do something, and then God uses that in our life. And that's true. But a lot of us, we get locked into that, and we think that's the primary way God works. And I'm just going to rock the boat a little bit because I believe that God is not the author of confusion. He didn't author the confusion in 2020. But in 2020, all we knew really was confusion. But can I tell you something? That God was doing something else. See, God's not watching the devil and saying, what's he going to do that I need to turn around? That's not the way God works. The devil's trying to interrupt what God is doing, but he's frustrated because he can't. See, God's in control. And that's what a lot of us, I think, have forgotten in 2020, is that God is in control. And he doesn't just use the devil's work to do his work. In God's reality, good is always happening. In God's reality, in God's framework, it's always good. What God does is good. And in God's reality and in God's framework, there isn't all this, you know, uh, bad stuff and confusion, all this stuff happening, and then God's having to rush over here and fix it for us, and rush over here and fix it for us. It's just the opposite of that. If we turn that scripture around and put the emphasis uh, on the end of there, it says, uh, For the good of them that love God, And are called according to His purpose. All things work together for good. You see where they... Just a little change of the emphasis there. See, we're called according to His purpose. His purpose will succeed. We're just riding that train. Y'all understand what I'm saying? What God has purposed will happen. We've got to get on His train. We've got to be called according to His purpose. And if we're on the same train as where He's going, then we're going to be... We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. All right. So uh, we have to frame our world with things in that reality. So according to Paul here, Philippians, we've got to forget about all of those things from this last year. And we've got to press into what God is doing from here forward. You know, we don't. He's not asking us to forget the trials, the lessons learned. He's not asking us to forget all of those things. Here's I'm going to, I'm going to throw this at you. Maybe he's asking us to forget the things that were burned away in those trials. See, what Paul is saying is he said, I haven't attained to that perfection yet, but I have attained to this. I have attained to the ability to forget those things that I used to be, those things that used to frame my world. I'm, I, I'm able to forget those things and I'm pushing forward. See, and that is an accomplishment all in itself that very few people have really mastered. It's to let go of the things in the past and foot push forward for what's in the future. See, he's not saying... Paul himself is saying, I, I didn't attain perfection. I am not there yet. I mean, if he's not there yet, well, I, we're probably not there yet either. I'm just saying. But he said, I have attained this. I have attained the ability to let go of things and push toward that. And I want to tell you something. That's what I want to really convey in here this morning is that God is looking for people who are able to let go of what's happened in the past and push forward to what's happening in the future. Today I'm going to be talking to you about moving if we can get up our title slide moving from mercy into grace. Mercy's awesome. Mercy is awesome and mercy we can't live without it. But we're going to be talking about how to transition from living from in mercy to living in grace. Mercy is reserved for when we find ourselves in a position of defense. And guys, I tell you what, I, I see, it seems like I live there. It seems like I live where in a position of defense. The devil's coming against me, this is coming against me, that's coming against me. And I'm just standing in this constant position of defense. And so many times I find myself overwhelmed, inundated with the things that I can't master, I can't handle, I can't control. And I need mercy so bad. When we get into a position that we can't get out of, mercy steps in. And mercy delivers us from that. Mercy is represented by two things that I want to point out. Uh, is uh, forgiveness. Mercy is represented by forgiveness. And mercy is represented by deliverance. You say, well, I didn't do nothing wrong and I'm, I'm in this place. Well, that's okay. Mercy's for you too mercy is to deliver us from what we've done to mess things up and it delivers us from what other people have done to mess things up and He delivers us from things that are just messed up but deliverance is there and if it's our fault forgiveness is there if you're experiencing insurmountable odds today his mercy brings deliverance into your life and the best thing is it's free his mercy is free. And we've known what, you know, uh, through the late 60s and early 70s, there was the, the free love movement, you know, but it wasn't free, was it? There was all these things that, you know, the, that um, are supposed to be free, but they're not. Can I tell you something? We really, we were talking about frameworks. We don't have a framework for mercy in this world. We don't have a framework for our Savior coming and dying on the cross just to provide us a way out. We don't have a framework it doesn't make sense to us, but it's available to us and it's completely free. And that means this. It means that there are zero strings attached to it. God isn't saying, well, remember I gave you that that mercy. Now you owe me. That's the way we do it aren't we? That's the way we do it. And you know what we do that God doesn't do as well is um, we always, uh, we like to show people mercy, but after they have realized fully, in our mind, fully how wrong they are. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, yeah, I'll forgive you, but I'm going to let you wallow in that just for a minute until, you know, our kids, (laughs) we battle with that all the time, you know, uh, because our kids will say, sorry, you know, it's like, no, you're not. No, you've got to feel it. You really, you know, is, is there anything in there, you know, and then we try to talk them into sympathy. You know, you have to uh, talk to them like how bad you hurt your sister. Look at her. Look at her. She's crying, you know, and we try to get them to feel sorry enough. So their apology means something. God, did you know that God has taken care of that for us? He's provided the Holy Spirit to convict us. And it, it's this whole package. It's this all-in-one package where we do it when we do something wrong or whatever, the Holy Spirit comes and convicts our heart. And He leads us into His mercy. And all we have to do is say, You're right, Holy Spirit. I submit to you. I was wrong. I'll make it right. You know? And it's, and He's not asking. He doesn't have any strings attached. He's not asking for anything in return. Uh, Matthew 9.13 says this. Let me say this first um, while we're going there. To reject mercy in your life is an insult to the cross. The cross is for mercy. And when you say, I don't need mercy, or if you say, I don't want to submit to mercy, because when I submit to mercy, then I have to, I have to enter into all of this shame and guilt and all of this stuff, because that's in our mind, that's the way we think this thing works. But mercy, for to reject mercy is an insult to the cross. So this is what Matthew 9.13 says. It says, go and learn what this means. Everybody say, I'm going to figure this out. That's what he's saying. Figure this out. So he's saying, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous. But sinners. You see, you've got two choices in your life. You can accept mercy or you can reject it, but you can't ignore it. You can accept it or you can reject it. But to reject mercy is to pretend that you're righteous without it. And here's what Jesus said He said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I came to call the not the righteous, but sinners. That's the reason Paul said, of which I am the worst. I'm going to, I want mercy. You know, we, um, we find ourselves a lot of times in situations that we think we can get ourselves out of. And I'm the world's worst. I will, I will try to figure it out. You know, that's, that's a guy thing, I don't know. Or just a me thing. But when something comes along, I'm, I, I can figure out, a lot of times I can figure a way out of it. I can put together a plan and I can I can strategize and I can say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going from here. This is how. And did you know this? This is a revelation just to me this week. What I believe that God was telling me this week, he said, you know, even in those times, don't you think I have a better solution than you? You know, you may figure a way out of it, but don't you think that my way out of it is better than your way out of it? So a lot of times we say, I don't need mercy right now. Like, like like it's a like it's some kind of a mark on our record. You know, I need I, I need mercy. Okay, well you're gonna get demoted a few points, you know, or this is this a mark on your record or whatever. That's not the way God works. And so mercy is available and it's free and it's abundant, it's limitless, and I can in any situation I say, God, I need your mercy. It doesn't matter what it is. I God, I need your mercy. I don't know how. To figure this out, I'm, I, I, or maybe I can figure a way out of this. And did you know this? I can figure a way out. I can get. I may be able to get myself delivered out of. But God has a way of delivering me into something else. See, God's path does not lead back to the surface. God's path does not lead you just out of what you're in and then leave you alone. God's mercy and God's path leads you out of that thing and into His purpose for your life. And that's not anything I can do. I may get myself out of it, but I can't get myself out of it and into what God has called me to do. So, <clears throat> so Lamentation says this. three twenty-two and 23. It says, because... Of the Lord's great love. Everybody say great love. We are not consumed. So you think you got this thing? Man, let him withdraw his love for a minute. Because of his great love, you are not consumed. You don't know what you're saved from. And that's the thing. We we live in this life and under his mercy. And, we, and we're just like... You know, this is life. No, you don't know life without Him. Some, well, I take that back. Some of you do. Some of you have experienced life without Him. But he we are not consumed because of His great love. For His compassions never fail. King James says mercies. His compassions, His mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning. If you've lived in shame, if you've lived in hopelessness for a minute, that's a minute too long. Some of us, we've lived years with shame. We've lived years with hopelessness, not knowing how we're going to figure this thing out. However long you've lived with that, it's that much too long. Because God has provided mercy for you. God's mercy is available for you. Everybody say that when you say, God's mercy is available for me. You know, um, we talked about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's a serious thing to shun the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that um, when we shun the conviction of the Holy Spirit, um, what we're actually doing is we're delaying God's purpose being fulfilled through us. See, God wants to do something in our life. We didn't just happen here. We didn't just show up one day and out of the blue and God says, okay, I can work with that. That's not the way it works. See, God's planned your life. He's got a purpose for your life. And when you shun the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you say, no, I just want to wallow in this self pity or whatever, God, I mean, if it was me, and it's not me, but I would imagine, if it were me, I would be like, come on, we got to get this show on the road. Get up, let's go. You know what I'm saying? You know, in, in, in the military, you know, somebody, you know, and they're marching toward the enemy and, and somebody falls in the mud. They don't just lay there, oh, I'm just a worthless soldier. I can't even walk right, you know. No, it's get up, let's go. We've got something to do. And God's mercy is for that. God has provided mercy to stand us up and put us back on the road. Let's go. That's the way God's mercy. We ain't got time to be wallowing around and stuff. We ain't got time. You know, a lot of us, you know, we say things that we have control of. Like I messed up. I messed up. Okay, I'm going to make this right. God, forgive me. But some of us, like I said, we deal with things that we didn't have any um, uh, that we didn't do. You know, we find ourselves in a place. Financially, we find ourselves in a place physically. We find ourselves in a place that it just seems like there's no way out of this thing. And mercy is for that, too. And, you know, a lot of times we have a harder time embracing mercy in those situations than we do something that we caused. Something that we caused, we feel like we have some control over or something. But something that we don't have any control over, you know, sometimes we get really hopeless about those things. But God's mercy is for that. And God will deliver you from that. So. Uh, it's serious to shun the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because we were intended to respond instantly to conviction. The Holy Spirit is not. And he'll plead with you. And he'll tug on you. And he'll do all those things. But the Holy Spirit's design in your life. Is the hand out here. It's like no, no. Back on the path. No, no, no. Over here. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I step off of the path that God has me on, I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I correct. I correct. See, that's what the intention of the conviction of the Holy Spirit is for. We're intended to respond instantly and not wallow around in self-pity and wallow around in things that are happening in our life. Forgiveness and deliverance are not options for the believer. They're provided for you in your toolkit to use and if you don't use them, then you cannot... Fulfill what God has put you here for. Mercy is intended to be something you use all the time. The quicker that you let mercy in, the quicker that you get back on track to all that He's made you to be and to do. So let's talk about grace a little bit. We're going to differentiate. You know, a lot of us, um, for a long time, the the line between mercy and grace was a little cloudy. You know, we talk about mercy and grace. And sometimes we say grace. Sometimes we say mercy. But it's totally different. Two totally different things in the same plan of God. Mercy brings us out of things, but grace is this. Grace is for when we're on the offense in life. See, mercy is reserved for when we're on the defense. When we're in a day. When we're when we're um, when we're uh, under something, when something has come against us, when we feel hopeless, when we feel um, like we've messed up too bad. That's what mercy is for. But grace is for when we're in the offense in life. Grace is for us to live the life that we're called to live. Grace, a lot of times, is represented by the anointing. And there's a word we all know. You know, we see somebody that's um, in ministry, and we're like, "Oh man, they're anointed," or we see somebody uh, and the anointing came on them. You know, and uh, you know, and we we some of us we we know what that feels like in a ministry setting. But I want to tell you something: the anointing is not uh, anointing for what we call ministry is probably about one or two percent of what the anointing is actually for. See, the anointing comes when we're living the life that God has called us to live. When we step out into our purpose and what God has designed us for, the anointing kicks in. And then uh, it, it has nothing to do with uh, being behind a pulpit, being behind an instrument, or holding a microphone. It has nothing to do with that. Anointing is for you to live the life that God has created you to live. We have got to take an offensive stance to step by faith into everything He's created for us. In our life, we've got to get off the defense. We've got to be like Paul. We forget what's behind and we press forward toward what's ahead. We've got to uh, get off of defense. We've got to move into taking an offensive step. And that takes faith. Faith has got to be something that you live by. The Bible says the just, which is the righteous, the ones that are made righteous, live by faith. How, how do I? How do I do right? How do I be right? How do I be? You know, faith. We've got to live by faith. Um, faith is not a feeling. Grace is not a feeling. It doesn't matter if you feel it or not. It's not based on your feelings. In fact. Grace is given to you when you ignore your feelings and just do what you know to do. So many times we neglect to do what we know to do based on our feelings and we never experience the grace and the anointing. Because all of those things, the anointing is triggered by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. When we step into, with by faith, we step in. Faith is work. See, Paul said, I strain. I strain forward. That's faith. When I strain forward and I step into faith, it activates grace. And it activates the anointing in my life to do what He's called me to do. Grace follows faith. We, comp- we make things so stinking complicated, don't we? We make things so complicated because it makes us sound smarter if, it, uh, if we explain it in, you know, terms that some people don't understand. And, but Jesus just broke it down for us. He broke it down. He says um, that without faith it is impossible to please us. It's not complicated. I do what he says. So what's faith? I do what he says. I do what he told me to do. What if you don't feel like it? Well, it's not faith until I don't. When I don't feel like it, that's what faith is. Is I do it anyway. So faith supersedes feelings. When I take a step I don't feel like taking, grace meets me there. And the anointing kicks in, I'm like, man, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I got off my rear end and did what I was supposed to do. Because then grace and the anointing kicked in, and now I know this is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, faith also isn't logical or rational. Well, some t- most of the time it's not. Most of the time, faith is not logical or rational, because if you could figure it out, it's not faith. If you can get your head around it like me trying to figure out my problems, when I figure out my problems, I may get a way out, but it's completely carnal. There's nothing spiritual about the entire process. And my logic and my rationale will only get me out of something. It'll never get me into what God has called me to be. Sometimes I take a step when there's no step to step on. Grace meets me there and provides what is needed. That's faith. That's grace. That's the anointing. There are so many times that Leah and I, we stepped out on faith, you know, and those are the times you like to talk about, right? We, uh, you know, God called us to do something. There wasn't, it didn't make any sense when anything provided. We stepped out in faith and God provided everything that we needed. And that's an awesome story. But more times than that is when we decided to step out when we just didn't feel like it. When our feelings was hurt. Or when you know we were just even even down to I'm just too tired to um, to go to this ministry event or I'm too this or I'm too that but most of the times it just got our feelings hurt that's most of us you know when we talk about feelings and we talk about uh, faith superseding our feelings a lot of things a lot of times what we're talking about is us just getting our feelings hurt and guys getting your feelings hurt you know about people that's just gonna happen. There ain't no way to get around that, but we can't let it change what God has called us to do. See, God is saying, "I didn't hurt your feelings." You know why you're taking that out on me? <laughs> Again, that's me if I were God. So, um, so there were so many times that we stepped out when we just didn't feel like it, and grace came through. Um, it it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was like this big thing where it was just like it took so much faith, you know, because there's nothing out there, but we're stepping out on nothing and God provides. It didn't matter if it was that or I just don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Faith is faith. And grace kicks in in both instances. All that mattered was obedience. All that mattered was that we stepped. We didn't let anything hold us back, no matter how small or how large or how valid or invalid It didn't matter. All that mattered was that we stepped and grace met us there. A lot of people find themselves in a position of just constantly being delivered. It's like we're, uh, we're walking through life and this is me. A lot of times, you know, we're walking through life and it's just like, we, we look around and, oh, I need delivered again, you know. And then God delivers us and then we walk a little while. Oh, I need delivered again. And then God delivers. And I find myself in that loop a lot of times. We get caught in this loop. And that's what we were talking about is that God never delivers us just out of something. He, del- he wants to deliver us into something. But we haven't made the transition from mercy to grace yet. We're just leaning on the mercy, the mercy, the mercy, the mercy, and God's like, I brought you out of that thing so I could bring you into something by my grace, and we never make that that transition in our life from mercy into grace. So a lot we like to blame the world, we like to blame other people, we like to blame the devil. He gets a he gets a lot of it. Uh, we like to blame all of these things, but the truth is, until we become proactive in our walk with Christ, and we determine that we're going to live the life that He created for us to live, come hell or high water, we're never going to experience the anointing that comes through grace. We've got to settle that. See, this is the last Sunday of the year. So many things that were prophesied about this year. And a lot of us, we got hung up on the things we we were doing without. We were just hurting so bad because we didn't have the NFL for a little while or something. So a lot of us, we've got hung up on these things that we didn't have in 2020. But God is speaking the entire time of all the wonderful things that he wants to do in us. And guys, it's not easy. Paul said it's a pressing, it's a straining. But guys, I'm going to tell you this last Sunday. We talked about this last week a little bit. That it doesn't matter what stage of the game you come in. See, he said that there were people, there were uh people that came to work for him, and it was the early part of the day, and they worked all day. But at the end at three and five o'clock, he went out and found more people and invited them to come work, and they got paid the same. And he said, It's my money. And it's exactly what it says in the Bible, it's my money. Can I not be generous if I want to be? So that was the that's the word for the end of this year. That's the word for this last Sunday of the year. Is Jesus is saying It's my grace. It's my mercy. The things that I promised for 2020, I can can give it to anybody I want. And I I want to tell you something. God's goal, and I I don't have any scripture for this, this is just, I believe that God's goal is to get, get people on board with what He's doing. Whoever will. That's a scripture. Whosoever will. God is looking for people. And He doesn't mean you say, well, I, you know, I missed it. No, you didn't. There's almost a whole week left in this year. You didn't miss it. Get on board with what God wants to do in you this year. All that matters is obedience. So, um, where was I? We're going from where we find ourselves today where He's designed us to be. And that walk requires both mercy and grace. It's a two-edged sword. For us to get out of where we're at and get, us, and get into where He wants to take us, it takes mercy and it takes grace. It takes that two-edged sword in our life. And this morning, I believe that we're going to try to, we're going to at least learn how to make that transition. Every time we mess up or get messed up, we get off track. And that's a direction change. We're off track from where God is taking us. And mercy, in those moments when we realize the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes, and mercy comes quickly. In fact, I believe that God, is just, that God is just waiting there with mercy. And He's wanting to inject mercy into your situation immediately. So mercy is immediately available, mercy comes quickly. Our response to it should come quickly too. The longer we wait, the farther we veer from His purpose for us. James 4 verse 6 says this. Let us then approach the throne of grace. I'm sorry. Uh, is that 4-6? Let's back up one. Can we do 5. Mine says James 4, six, but that ain't 4, six. I'm going to read it to you. How's that? Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy. Everybody say, receive mercy. Did you see that word, receive? That word jumped out at me, that we may receive mercy. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive. Everybody say receive. Receive. Say it one more time. Receive. Receive. Y'all just went through Christmas. Y'all know what receive means, right? That we may receive mercy and find grace. Everybody say find. Man, isn't this exactly what Paul just said? This is James, and he's, he's echoing everything that Paul just said. He said, we've, we receive mercy in our life, but we find grace. That's effort. We find grace to help us in our time. In other words, I'm here. I can't, I can't get out of what I'm in, but I can receive. See, I'm helpless, I'm hopeless, but I can receive. I receive mercy where I'm at. But I go out there to find grace. I step forward and I start walking to find grace. Find grace to help us in our time of need. We receive mercy to be restored to our purpose. We find grace when we step out in our purpose. Hebrews 4.16 says this. It says, but he gives us more grace. You know, if you back up to find some context, it's really not there. It just says, but he gives more grace. More than what? More than you need, I guess, you know. He gives us more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You see, the only way that we don't get to partake in this mercy and grace that leads us in. There's no other way to get into your. God's purpose and plan for your life. Than the utilization of mercy and grace. Those are the two tools that he's given you. To accomplish what he's called you to do. And there's no way around that. But the, the way that we. Miss out on that. Is we don't have humility. In our life. Me saying. I can figure out a way. No. In every situation, and I say, "God, I know that you got a better way. I humble myself, and I just let you work this thing out He's not you know, as parents, see, we think we, we think our parents, we think us as parents, and we kind of think of God that way. And I just want you to know that God is not waiting for the day that you don't need him anymore. See, that's what we as parents, that's what we're, that's our, our, our plan is to raise our kids up and get them out on their own and everything. You know why we do that? You know why we don't want them to need us anymore? Because one day we're not going to be there for them. One day we're going to be, they're going to be taking care of us, right? One day we're not going to be able to do everything for them anymore. So we've got to train them. We've got to get them independent and everything. God is always going to be there for you. God ain't got no plan on going anywhere. He doesn't have any plan of getting you raised up and independent and with you don't need Him anymore. Guys, it doesn't matter what you face, whether you can figure it out or not. He's there. He's available. His mercy is available for us. So it doesn't matter if you identify more with Billy Graham or Charles Manson. That's about the widest gamut I could think of. That's our Mother Teresa and You know, you think of the widest uh, uh, spectrum that you could think of. The worst person you can imagine, the best saint, the saint. You know, you know, Apostle Paul. You know, it doesn't matter who you identify with along that spectrum. Mercy and grace cover you from the depths of depravity to the heights of success. Mercy and grace is all in between. You think Billy Graham never needed mercy? I say Billy Graham did so much for the Lord because he was so dependent on God's mercy in his life. I think people that, see we look at people and we say that's success right there. But what you don't see is the complete humility behind the scenes and everything you see is God. Everything you see is because they have allowed God to do it in their life. So you want to you want to create you want to get to the, the apex, of, the pinnacle of everything that God has created you to be. You've got to be you've got to completely be humble before Him. You've got to make it about Him. You've got to allow Him to do it all. You've got to Let him into your situation with mercy. And then you've got to continue to trust. See, that's what a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, and this has been a fear of mine as well. I I almost don't want to be successful uh, in anything because if I'm successful, I see so many people that needed God so bad until they became successful and they just didn't need God anymore. But what 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 I'm telling you this morning is what they've done is they've leaned so heavily on God's mercy. To get them to where they're supposed to be in life. But they never depended on God's grace to sustain them. And guys, I want to tell you, if you operate in a position of humility and you say, you know, everything that I have, everything that I've done, if it's good, it's God. And when you get to a place where God's grace is the the explanation for everything that's good in your life, then you can be trusted. And you don't have to worry about falling. God's not going to let you fall. His mercy is always there if you do. And His grace will lead you into where He's destined you to be. But those are only found in humility. And humility is just saying, God, I need you more than anything. If you take God out of the picture, in my life you take away any chance I have. And that's what we've got to understand and we've got to constantly have on the front of our brain is that if you take God out of my life and, and hence you take mercy and grace out of my life, I don't have a chance. Not only am I not going to be successful, but you will find me somewhere in a ditch, probably with a bottle. I know who I am. I know my personality, I am an over-the-top personality in everything that I do. Excess. I mean, I, my wife is, is very disciplined and so she we're a perfect match. But I always take things too far. And I know if I didn't have mercy and grace at operation in my life, I know where I'd end up. I know who I'd be. Guys, I want to tell you, you take grace, if you're walking in success and you take grace out of the equation, it's a short walk to the ditch with a bottle. I'm telling you guys, you don't know how quick you can get there. God's mercy and God's grace is all you have to live the life that He is. It's the only two things He's provided because He likes to keep it simple. He's only provided those two things for you to step into everything that He's created for you to do. I'm always... Uh, Astounded at how quickly things spiral out of control in my life when God isn't first it doesn't take me very many mornings missing prayer time with God for me to be yelling at everybody <laughs> and you know why I 'm yelling at everybody because I have lost control <laughs> because every because i'm you know if you don't have God at the at the steering wheel, somebody's got to drive you know so and it's going to be me. And uh, you're not going to like where I take the car. So when at those times when and in fact, when we get into a situation, when you get a bad report from the doctor or when you uh, when you find yourself in a financial situation or you find yourself in a situation in a relationship, whatever it is, if you don't take it to God immediately. You will begin a downward spiral when you begin to try to handle it on your own. And to work it out on your own, guys, and you may succeed, but it'll it'll make you crazy. <laughs> when I'm in charge, uh, guys, I want to tell you in what I do for a living and everything. I, I tell people, and and I know we're on Facebook, and I know people are going to hear this, but I'm not qualified to do what I do. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't I don't know how I got here, honestly, and um, somehow. There's, there's two ways that my day could go. I will, I will go out on a, on a job and I will skip my prayer time in the morning. I'll, I'll go out on a job and I will, I will be out there and I will try to figure this thing out on my own. And maybe I do get it figured out. But it, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I can't handle the stress. I have a one-track mind. I can't handle a lot of things at one time. It, dry, it, would, it would literally it would drive me to an asylum if I had to do this on my own. But when I start my day with God and I show up on the job in the anointing, I don't know what happens. But somehow everything happens right and it all lines up. And I'm just telling you, that's my life. My life is is daylight and dark. You think I know by now, but I don't. But my life is so much uh, contrast of complete... Out of control on one, you know, without God. And then God kicks in and is just like, I don't even know how I'm doing this. You know, I'm telling you that God is calling us to a life of total 100% dependence on mercy and grace in our life. And when I don't spend time with God, I don't keep him number one. I fail and and, and instead of receiving mercy, I start wallowing in shame and self-pity and temper tantrums and all this stuff. Um, if I face something difficult, instead of responding in faith and finding grace, I respond with feelings or I try to figure it out. And either thing sends my life way off course. It's time this morning for us to let him have his way to receive mercy and receive purpose, pursue our purpose and find grace. I've asked Alice and she prepared a, a thing for the offering um, and um she practiced it. I'm like, no, that's not for the offering. That's for the altar. So uh, I'm going to ask Allison if we can get that song ready. Allison's going to come and uh, do a quick dance for us. When she's done with this, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back up and we'll do a short altar call. But we do have a wedding in here uh, immediately following. So if you want to stay for that, that's awesome. But we've got to get ready for that. But let's go ahead and get this going.
1: River of gladness fill my soul, Jesus, you're my greatest song God, I know. I see the light, I see the lightning, I hear your voice, inside the cracking thunder.
0: I just want to give you this invitation. If you're in there here this morning and you have been striving, like, like Paul said, I forget what's in the past, but I press forward. I strive. I push forward. Maybe you've been pushing against the wrong thing. Maybe unlike Paul, you would say, I would love to forget what's in the past, but I keep pushing him away. I keep pushing against his mercy. Can I tell you something? God is pushing his mercy onto you. You know how I know how bad he wants you to receive mercy? It's because of what he did on the cross. You cannot argue with God's intention for you. You cannot say, "Well, you know, there's probably strings attached or I I don't feel like I'm worthy or whatever." He went to the cross to give you mercy. If there were still strings attached, guys, he would have dealt with that on the cross. We think that somehow that his sacrifice on the cross was incomplete this Morning, he's calling to someone in here. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to do a, just a sh- short altar call. And if you're in here this morning, and, I, and I've been speaking to you this morning because you've been pushing back against God and you think that there's some kind of price to pay, there's some kind of penance to pay, penance is not biblical. Penance is not biblical. So you say, There's some kind of penance I have to pay, there's some kind of I have not walled in self pity long enough. He is pushing His mercy on you this morning. I want to encourage you, if you're in here this morning, and you do need God's mercy, and we all do, but if you're in there this this morning, and that's you, you've been pushing against Him, it's time for us to open up and to see what God wants to do in our lives here the last Sunday of 2020. We have got to be open to everything that He wants to correct in our past to forget what's behind because we're about to press forward into His grace and His anointing to see what He wants to do in your life, in my life, and in this church. Let's pray. Father, this morning we release everything that we're Tear down every wall, every roadblock. We release everything that we've, we've held against you. And we allow you to rush in with your mercy in our life. Lord, restore us. Restore us this morning. Lord, restore us not just to zero, not just to square one, not just to an even plane, but restore us into our destiny. Restore us into calling callings, don't just deliver us from today, deliver us into today, this morning, right now, we release it, everybody say that with me, say, I release everything that's been holding you back, I receive mercy in Jesus' name. so good and God is so easy. God is so simple. We don't have to, we don't have to make it complicated. We don't have to wall with things. We don't have to do all this stuff. We just say, God, I release it. I forget what's in the past. I press forward toward the mark. See, Paul perfected that. He said, I'm not perfect, but I perfected this. I mastered the ability to forget what's in the past and press forward into what he's created me to do. That's where I want us to be this morning. Thank you guys so much for coming out this morning.